crazy year and what's funny is that the last time we did a podcast was really at the beginning of all this stuff right right at the beginning of the co and all and all that and now we're uh, now we're together again uh at, at at the end of it yeah it's been it's been good man yeah, yeah. and that's a, and by faith we're at the you shall declare a thing and it shall be established yeah we're at the end yeah you, that's what you see like you think this thing's the credits are about to go up on it yeah i think it's i think it's winding down that's what I sense. Dude, like, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, like, the state of the cities, right? Like, if you go down to Seattle, man, right now, like, there's there's so many businesses that haven't reopened, so many businesses that are shutting down. Mm. And there are so many, like, cities that, they're, that, that ec- like, the uh, economists are, are, um, are, are basically, um, I didn't say it right, <laughs> that the dudes that study economics are basically um, saying that they're not sure how a lot of these cities are actually going to recover if they can even recover from being forced to actually shut down Mm. and then kind of the big question right now is um uh how has this thing actually affected the church and it was interesting i I had a conversation with patricia last week and and she was saying that everybody that she's been talking to um in 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 churches are thriving right are doing amazing and yet, um, uh, I forget if it was Tony Kemp or, or Troy Brewer, but uh, had a conversation with somebody within, a, uh, within um, a significant denomination that said over half of their churches are, um, are shutting down and will not will reopen. Not, will not reopen. Mm. And so it's like, like, I'm wondering, this is a theory that I have, like to what degree the church is being ravaged by covid it, and, and if it's almost more of like the streams that are filled with the fire of God that are thriving. So, yeah, what do you see? What do you see happening right now this year in the church? What do you think God's, what do you think God's doing versus what the enemy really wants to try to do in the kingdom this year with all this stuff? Well, I think that the, the fire of God has revealed a lot of things. And when I look back on the last 20 years of my walk with the Lord... I realize that everything has been preparing me for the, this moment. Wow. And those that have been going after the fire of God have a different stance than those that have kind of taken a different position mm-hmm. on some things. And I don't mean that with any disrespect. Although we're living in a time right now where it doesn't really matter what you say. Um, you're going to offend somebody. That's right. So I think that it's probably just time for us to, you know, just be ourselves, tell the truth, and um, go after the presence of Jesus. Because we've, we've built in the Western church a certain way. And the way that we've built, um, 
is being exposed right now wow. in a greater way wow. Wow. than, than, than uh, people want to admit. And, you know, it's, it's great to read revival books and talk about revival. And, and revival culture in America is, is kind of, um, it's, it's one, of those, one of those words, revival is one of those words that people love to use, um, but they don't want to actually practice what revival really is. You know what I mean, Darren? I mean, it's just the truth. You know, it's very popular. Revival, revival, or the move of God is, in a sense, popular. But what I think the West calls the move of God and what um, is actually the real authentic move of the Spirit is maybe two different things. And so God is kind of exposing that and revealing um, the true church in this hour. Wow. Well, I think that maybe part of it is that like a lot of people, when they think of revival, they think of good worship. So I think a lot of times when you hear like revival culture, right. you know, you're not, you know, you're not necessarily thinking of people just like, you know, rolling up and down the aisle and just like, I mean, like that <laughs> the service that we had this morning, man, just uh, came yeah. just undone, right? Right. Like, and because in order to, you know, in order to do, in order to host the ghosts, <laughs> like, it's a little different. Like, like you did this morning. Mm. Um, yeah. You can't really, you, you can't script that. You can't be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then we're going to be done by this time. Right. And right. so I think, you know, I think that's terrifying. Like, like, you know, uh, being a minister, right. And feeling the pressure of like, I got to check off these check boxes in order to satisfy, right. The requirements of doing a service or a Sunday morning or something like that. Mm. Versus like Bobby Connor says, I think we just need to show up and shoot from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. And, th and that was the way that us, some of the guys in the 90s did it, actually. It's much different than it is today. Well, to and, totally. And what I said, and, 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 and when you're on the subject of worship, it's like what I said last night. We have a generation right now that worships worship. Wow. They don't, wow. They don't worship Jesus. Because you can tell, because when the song goes from whatever the popular song is at the time off of that into moving into the spirit where you're singing in the spirit there is an actual manifestation of the of the presence of god starts to come into the meeting they don't know what to do they don't know what to do with that but as long as you stay on the song that they're familiarized with then everything's fine yeah yeah you know um and I think that revival is much more than worship. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, I would imagine that we're probably going to see a um, with because I'm already feeling it. That there's already kind of a revival coming to worship right now. So kind of like what we've called revival worship, it's been great, right? Mm -hmm. But I almost feel like that there, we're about to experience like a true recalibration in worship where it's like, you know, because again, going back to the 90s, there was almost this, like this place where like, it was like when we were singing about, I remember, man, gosh, remember uh, Kevin Prosh and his song, So Come. Yeah. It, you just, I mean, probably still this day, you listen to a song like that and just the presence of God. I mean, just, you know. Let's get so whacked. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like one of his songs, um, uh, Praise the Lord, oh. oh, my soul, 
the one that came out with um, uh, the Morning Star that they did on the Glory CD. <sighs> I must have listened to that a hundred million times. It's like a 20, 20 minute track. And it just like, it's just so saturated. You know what I mean? Or like, have you heard Sweet Presence of Jesus? How's it go? The, uh, the, the, the two track that uh, Rodney put out during. Yes, with, um, yes, yes. With uh, oh Joe and gosh, Becky Cruz, yeah, where it's literally singing, 20 right? minutes of just tongues. Yes. Just tongues. <laughs> singing in tongues. And you're like, yeah, it's just a different, different flow, you know? See, everybody was, was getting blessed in the 90s, right? Like, like there was so much whack, but it, but it wasn't, there wasn't like, and, and we were saying more and everything, but it was like the, the main focus was like, was Jesus, right? It was, there right. was something about, and that's where I feel like, um, I, that's where I feel like there's something about that's really about to take place where like the worship's going to be less about us and it's going to be more about Jesus mm. and that there's going to be just a true love and affection that just brings just this intoxication. You know, I, I'm thinking of like my dad, like my dad used to just get so trashed to the point where he, where he was literally no good mm. in a meeting or, or anything. Like if you ever watch my dad, like he didn't even try to worship. He would just be sitting there on the front row doing everything possible to not fall out of the car, out of the, out of the car, out of the chair. Right. You know, and I remember sometimes as a kid sitting next to him and this is what he'd be saying. Apple pie, apple pie, apple pie, apple pie, apple pie, apple pie. And he would literally say, if I just think about apple pie, I'll be able to get just sober enough to be able to function in this meeting. But if I think about Jesus, it's over. It's over. Man. And then. <laughs> glory. That's what I love. Yeah. I love that. Like, you know it's bad. You know it's thick when you're like, Mud pie, mud pie. Yeah. Oh, Jesus help. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm I'm finding that my circles of uh, of like of people are getting smaller and smaller. Mm. Of people that I really like want to just run with. Yeah. I'm just I'm just so focused right now on outpouring and revival. Wow. Like I would cash in everything else just for outpouring and yeah, revival. Yeah, come on, come on. Just for presence. Yes. Just for glory. Just for like the Shekinah presence of Jesus. Wow. I mean, just that saturation where the meetings go five and six hours. And when you go to lunch, you like are still so inebriated that you like you're eating your food, but you're eating it literally in the presence of God. Wow. And everybody around you is like just 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 hit by the spirit, you know? I guess I've been doing I think one of the things that, that COVID has helped me is that I I got to re examine the reason that God called me into wow. ministry. Wow. Wow. And what the purpose was. Cause the purpose was not uh you know, to try to build some big thing. Yeah. The purpose was to shake nations. Wow, come on. And to see revival. Come on. And that's where I got touched and what I got touched in. And why would I ever want to go after anything else? Everything else is like, you know, maybe I don't want to say that it's not anything that other things aren't what people should go after. But as far as me and what 
God has done for me, there's just no way that I can change who he's, he's made me to be. When you've been saturated for nearly 20 years in revival and revival meetings, it's nothing else makes sense to you because that's the, the, the spirit that you've been in it, like, you know, touched with. So to go and do something different just doesn't make a lot of sense. Is it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I always liken it to, uh, you know, it's almost like as if we had like a vacuum cleaner, right? And like, and, and, and it's like we were, we were doing a YouTube thing, like, and like, hey, we got this vacuum and it sucks so well and it's so powerful and it's like, this thing is the best. It'll suck up jelly beans and quarters and nickels and, and globs of hair. Let's, you know, like, and we're just talking about it. And, and, and every week we're doing all, well, you can only do it so long to where people would be like, if that's such a great vacuum cleaner, turn it on, let's see what it can do. Right. And I almost feel like, um, I almost feel like, uh, like there's a younger generation that's like, all right, you've been talking about your vacuum cleaner, conference after conference, book after book, Sunday after Sunday. But if this Jesus is so great, then turn him on and let's see what he can do. Right. Wow. And I think that that's what revival is. It's like when we don't have to talk about the deluxe XY 10,000. Right. We don't even have to talk about it. We can just turn it on and just see, just see, that, just see what the power of God can do. Yeah. And then God, God's power will show up anywhere. Come it on. Does, doesn't need Come like... On amazing setting or even um again amazing worship are you are you able to talk about what what the lord did in the middle east are you uh, as far as uh, it's just some of the outreach stuff and at the time it was pretty tricky yeah i, I still feel like it's you know because uh, i want to go back there <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're trying to set up a trip where we're all, me, you, and okay, some other guys Okay, but we could basically say this, like the, the vacuum turned on in the Middle East. Well, yeah, I, I, in, 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 in those some settings. stuff got sucked up. Yeah, in those, in those settings, um, it, it, in, in those types of environments, um, building something that will be uh, to, the, to the natural eye uh, appeasing is not is not what we're trying what those people are trying to do right because the presence of god is all that matters right and so when when i when i'm thinking about darren like 20 years you know that like when we had the, the during the lockdown i just got to think about man how did god touch me in the beginning you know and i would think back on this there we had this field where me uh, Monday Martin was there, another friend of mine that's in, 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 in Florida, he is a pastor down there, uh, a bunch of just 20-year-old kids that were 18-year-olds going after the fire of God, and there was nothing there other than a bonfire and like a, a, bo like a, a music box with a CD in it, but the glory would come, and that was because we were passionate and we were hungry, not just sing songs, but we knew if we pressed in hard enough, the glory of God would come down. And I was thinking about even one night we were there and the tangible cloud of God's presence came. And um, there was one, a leader that was there that was kind of, uh, you know, ministering or whatever. And he said, he said, this is the moment that will, God will call you 
call out what you're called to do. Mm. And that was the moment. I could take you to the spot in that field. I could drive you there right now. I could take you to the very spot where I know that God called me and marked my life and marked it with revival, marked it with the fire of God to see the fire of God shake this earth right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then in the wintertime, we had a trailer. A trailer. Can you imagine? A little trailer with like 20 people in it. And the power, I remember one, one night the glory came and you couldn't even get off the ground. No, there wasn't even like, like any music. It was just like, you're just laid out. You couldn't that's like even what they do in China. That's, that's it. A hundred people in a fifth wheel. You're like, what? That's it. And that, that, that's why I, I, have a, I have an issue with people that believe that during times of turmoil, Come on, yeah. during times of hardship, right. it is impossible for there to be revival. Right. I, would in, I would say that is during those times that God comes in his most power in his strength. I mean, think about the Chinese revival. Think about China. Think about Indonesia. Think about all China think about and Indonesia Russia. that still continues to this day. It's it's not a three year move or five year move. It's 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 like it's like the glory like associates itself with calamity. It's like the, the, such extreme darkness that the manifest grace of God um, is there. I, I absolutely agree. It's like we shouldn't pray for calamity, but when it shows up, we should give thanks. Because historically, uh, chaos always precedes revival. Yes. And look at Iran right now. Iran is exploding with, with, with revival. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. I mean, literally, they, there's so many people getting born again every day that, you and there's, know. There's so many evangelists. People are like, have you heard about this guy? No. Like, and they start telling you about that. This last week, it's like all of our speakers have been talking about uh, these new names and faces in Iran that are, that, that I've never, you know, I've never heard of all these, all these names, all these glory, glory carriers mm. that are just, um, that are emerging like chiefs in 2020. Yeah. And they're saturated in the presence. Come I on. mean, when, when my, my question is when did it become cool to just try to scrape by to get to heaven. I mean, I, when I got saved and 18 years old, all I could think mm. about was, I wanna, ha- I, I wanna have the largest crown when I get to, I mean, I just wanna like be the most radical person on the planet, you know, that I can, that I can be for Jesus, you know? Cause I, I mean, I came out of a lot when I, when I got born again, you know? I, I didn't get into ministry for fame and fortune. Wow. Promise you I wow. did not. Wow. I mean, before I was saved, I wanted to be a rock and roll star. Yeah. Just seriously, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If, I mean, you, you probably know this, but these guys may not know this. Like I played, I played electric guitar. I would sneak into clubs at 15, 16 years old I wanted to be a blues musician. That's all I cared about in, the, in this whole world, you know? And um, 
And then Jesus got a hold of my life. Man, I feel the presence of God right now. I mean, Jesus got a hold of me, and I, could, I, I, I didn't even the, didn't care about music. I mean, I didn't care about any of that stuff anymore. It was like <laughs> you, you the st- things that I loved so much, I didn't, I didn't even care about anymore. When you got into ministry, you didn't get into it for the fame, but you still aren't in it for the fame. No. I mean, st- when you get too many followers on social, you, you will say... <laughs> I purposely purposely put out a bad song. People don't understand. (laughs) Like, get as rid of many people as possible. Like, people don't understand. Worship me. We'll deal with that. I will purposely post something (laughs) to offend. Right. Right. A certain section. You're like the of, Kurt, of those that would that would just be you know you're like the Kurt Cobain of revival. I I, like, I do it on purpose. I am not in this for you to like me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that people want. I, I mean, really, who cares about likes and shares? Right, 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 and, right, and, right. And, and like being the next most popular speaker I, I don't my uh, man I'm well, just not that dude the, th- uh, the thing about like the thing about the Middle East right and not even getting into that is like I, I know some of those stories right that came from there but you, but you didn't talk about any of that stuff and there's so many encounters and so many things that you do not talk about and it's between you and the Lord but from a, from the outsider's perspective uh, people think that every little thing that God gives you that you're just putting it up on Facebook or that you're just putting it out there on social I know that there's people that were like you know what you guys didn't have to put what you guys didn't chop you know up on social media you get that that could have just been between you and the Lord except for people don't realize um, the, the countless emails and phone calls that we received from all over the United States thanking us for inspiring courage and so mm-hmm. like like it d- depends on the perspective like people are like every little thing that you, every little miracle you're posting on social but what I know about you is that is absolutely uh, not true and there's so many things that you're doing and encounters that you're having that you aren't that you aren't sharing but when you do share um, it's like like the Lord told told Bobby Connor I want you to brag about me often every time you tell a testimony you're bragging about me and what I'm doing and so Bobby uh, never apologizes for sharing stories about the glory of God and the testimonies of God. And he's never going to do that because he's been given instruction from the Lord to do that. Right. You know, but I think it's, uh, I think it's important for people to know that, um, you know, uh, that there's so much more going on behind the scenes that the Lord is preparing you for and so many things that you've done. And uh, I think that's important for people to know. We're millennials. We're young. And, and we enjoy sharing our story, you know, online using these different platforms with, with social media. And yet at the same time, there's so much more happening within the kingdom and destiny encounters and you and Bryn and stuff that God is doing that's just crazy um, that you won't be able to talk about for a little while. Yeah, I, you know what I also have thought about is um, what if tomorrow I wasn't able to share anymore? Like what if you were, you were deplatformed? Like you weren't, you like depersoned, you like... Tomorrow, if my YouTube, like they just say, you, you can't have that anymore. Facebook, you can't, have, you, you know, Instagram, you're off there. You know, I mean. Yeah, somebody that I greatly respect in ministry um, said just, just recently, when, when asked the question of why wasn't the book of Enoch canonized, he said it, was, it wasn't supposed to be. Even though Jesus quoted from it, there's 100 references in both the Old and New Testament from the book of Enoch. 
um, it, was, it wasn't supposed to be. Well, the question was asked, well, why wasn't the Book of Enoch um, canonized? Like, why wasn't it supposed to be if it's such a great book? He said, because when the Bibles are taken away, you'll still be able to get the Book of Enoch. Wow. And then he looked at me like, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> yeah, come on, Jesus. Man. So some of these, some of these platforms, yeah, yeah, they're good, but we, we, we need to always be looking into the future, and we can't allow for these um, ministry platforms to be, you know, we, we, we got to make sure that we don't get stuck on these things. We gotta be right, and we don't worry about numbers. We worry about the person that's in front of us. Because that's the person that Jesus wants to touch. Bro, I noticed it, like, when I was watching the meetings in, in Florida, um, it was like, a, bro, it was like a different Charlie. Like, there was, like, man, it was like the, I don't know what to call it, just your passion or your frequency or what, but there's so many times when you're praying, it was like just the atmosphere was just getting ripped. There was just like a, man, there was like just this, uh, like just this edge, like you were, you were coming after some stuff, but it wasn't just, it wasn't anything to do with the church there in Florida. It was almost like it was much bigger than that. It was almost like there was like this clarion call to the, to the kingdom of God within the, within the U.S. And I even noticed it last night when you were ministering last night. There was just like this, um, uh, just this frequency, just, just this passion, it, it just like this ripping sound in your voice that was ripping atmospheres mm. open. And like, what do you feel like the Lord is, um, that's one of the cool things about media is that like when you do a meeting like last night, it immediately hits 10,000 people, which, yes. is, which, is, which, is, which is amazing, right? you know, and, and, then, and then some. So like what happens here is actually going out into the kingdom all throughout you know the nations but like you're going after something right now it, it, that's what it feels like it feels like there's some things that are really being challenged right now and you're not apologizing for it there's a real boldness right now and what, what do you feel like it is like what do you feel like uh you know what, what do you feel like is really being addressed right now i i feel like um social media is an avenue to make people desperate and hungry wow wow to go to where it is. But what is, what, what is trying to take place is there's a new like normal where, well, I don't have to go. I can just stay here where I'm at and get mm -hmm. it. But Jesus is still looking for people that are hungry and desperate to gather in his name and get into where it is I, I feel that people that are watching online they can get touched and that and it's awesome but there's just nothing like being there when Jesus shows that's up right, that's in right. the room that's right and you say well they are in the room you know they're watching online but I'm telling you that there's just something different do you remember like it's when true. you heard I mean, because we were young, but when you heard that it had broken out in, in Toronto or you had heard when it broke out in Brownsville, I remember when it broke out because my um, family, my mom and dad, had heard that it had broken out in Brownsville and they wanted to go. And we were, we were told, oh, no, you don't need to go there. We can, get, we can have it here. Right, right, right. And, 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 I, and, and my parents were like, no. 
there's something that is tangible that's there that we want to get into. And you, and you would, for whatever reason, God kissed that place and you wanted to be there where it was at. And so I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to see that again, no matter where it happens. I don't care where it's at in the earth. I'm telling you right now, wherever it comes, Charlie Champ is going to be the Come very on. first person that's there. You know, I, you know, you talk about Randy Clark, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he brought it to Toronto, he had found out about, about Pastor Rodney. He had Pastor Rodney pray for him eight times in a Tulsa meeting because he was so hungry. He just kept going after it. It, it never, fell, it, never fell down, never manifested, never felt anything. Nothing, but, but, but got saturated and then went to another place and it broke out. I really think that God is, is, is gonna break, it's gonna break somewhere. And I'm just saying, God, if, if I'm a catalyst for something, just touch me because I wanna see it explode again in America and North America and the earth right now. Wherever you're going to be at is where I wanna be. And it isn't about crowds. I mean, Toronto had 120 people in it when it started. I think we're looking for something um, to be massive already and then God to come and, f and fill it. When God is looking for a remnant of people, because I honestly believe in the upper room in Acts chapter two, he didn't even care if 120 people made it there. Right. Two people could have right, been there right, right. and Jesus would have said, two people's enough for me. Amen. Amen. One person that is hungry is enough for me. Let me ask you about this really quick because it falls in line with that whole same thing. And also just the tension right now of like, um, media revival like like right. that's like the big thing right now is media revival and like going back to like analog media before there was social media and Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff the, um, uh, remember cassette tapes and VHS tapes I don't know if you guys were around during the renewal of the 90s but um, people would um, make copies of copies of copies of VHS tapes excuse me and um, <clears throat> or excuse me I, re I remember like watching these incredible um, meetings where people couldn't talk. I remember watching so many Rodney um, meetings in Toronto, Gideon Chu in Toronto, roaring against the, uh, against the dragon in Asia, you know, hundreds of Asians running to the altar. I mean, I just remember these videos, like these powerful videos, Ooh. cassette tapes uh, uh, that would be copied again and again. By the time you listen to them, they'd be like, and then you could like kind of make out like what was being what was being said you know and like and and so what do you think about this this is kind of like a theory um all right so it seems like through media like so that was like the old school media right like right. cassette tapes and um people would get people would have an encounter but it seemed like in order to get the impartation you actually had to be in the atmosphere because like all, all the different people and i look at like from like you know randy clark to bill johnson mm. to Cheon to Heidi Baker, mm -hmm. you know, uh, my dad, Wayne and Steve here in the nineties. Um, we had so many stories during that time of people having encounters, experiencing holy laughter, experiencing the drunkenness, um, getting healed. But when you would go to these places, that's when it seemed like there was an impartation. Yes. Where it would then be contagious. Yes. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Like I think this place of what's, what, what's possible through media versus what's right. possible where there has to be, there's so, a laying so on So let hands. me explain to you, let me explain to you what God is doing with media. 
God has broken down the middleman. He's wiped that away. He's taken away the merchandising true. of totally the presence true. and what is allowed to be seen. And he has put it directly in the hands of the people that are going to carry the move of the Spirit. Totally. That's so that's so why well I like the, the, the aspect of being able to right now flip my phone on and go directly live to people because nobody can tell me what I can and cannot say. Right. You can't tell me what I can and cannot say. That makes a lot of people nervous. That makes a lot of people nervous. But there, there are others that are seeing what's happening and they're going, wow, like last night's service. Wow. That, uh, that would not be shown on TBN, what happened last night. People shaking on the ground. I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm not, it I'm could, not, it could. I, I, I don't. I no, I, I will tell you that you know. stuff like that is not going to be seen <laughs> okay. on a many, many Christian networks would right. never show, you know, people shaking on the floor screaming. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And so and 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 so God said, "Okay, you don't want to sh- you don't want to show the power of God. Um then I'll just have to do it a different way." Wow. I'm just going to do it a different way. And 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 people see that and then um, there's an aspect of the people that are watching that are saying, no matter what I, what it takes, I gotta get there. And then there's, then there's, you know, people saying, no, you can just watch it here. And I understand because of what's happening right now with COVID that people that are overseas can't travel to places. Right. Right. But it's like when we were in Florida, you know, for those for the last two weeks, we had people coming from everywhere. Wow. All wow. over the all over uh, America, from New York to California, to come and get in it. I think that Lord is the Lord is just looking for somebody that's going to host His presence. Wow, come on! And just let it go. If the worship goes four hours, then the worship goes five, four that's hours. Right, that's right. If the preaching goes five hours, it goes five hours. Right. However right. long it goes, it just goes. Right. You know. Right. And 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 the presence is just tangible tangible because you know like i feel i feel like the end of the meeting when when it's really thick i'm like man what if we started here i always feel like the meeting ends too soon yeah because it's just getting started when people are laid out on the floor and it's like you know tangible yeah i'm like this is where it needs to start yeah I don't know. It feels like um, this week there's, there's been a lot of angelic presence in the meetings. And a, a lot of our, our speakers, including yourself, are, are seers. And even just hearing uh, from Tony and Richard about what they were seeing in the spirit you know, last night was like that's been a highlight for me is after the meetings, really hearing what the seers are seeing. And they're describing massive angelic 
um, presence this this week. And uh, and I'm not I'm not much of a seer, but um, I'm certainly a filler. And you can just you know, mm-hmm. and um, and so uh, one of the things that's just amazing about the '90s is that there was crazy angelic presence back in the '90s. But dude, like if you were to talk about it, like it, that was not. Uh, that was not okay to talk about. Right. Like, um, you know, that's why, like, the guys that were talking about it, like Bob Jones and Bobby Connor and Larry Randolph, like, they were talking about it, but not necessarily in their meetings. Mm. It was more like the the conversations over coffee and breakfast and that kind of thing. And then, like, it was, like, you know, later on when they would start talking about that kind of stuff in, in, in the meetings. Um, but what do you feel like, what do you feel like is happening right now as far as this place of, like, of, of honoring or functioning with, the angelic in God's heart for um, for revival, because it feels like it feels like there's an embracing of the mystic realm um, that we didn't necessarily have in, in the. And I know I think that there can almost be a tension to go either like revival, right, which it, like you got like you know presence and power, um, and then full on you know mystic, which can almost be uh, you know encounter theory and, and teaching based, you know, so like you present a massive concept and then that's it. The meeting's over, but it feels like, it feels like things are, um, that there's an openness in the church right now, like mm. maybe in not different ministries or maybe in the huge media publication platforms, they're still a little like, ah, because of how it could affect book sales or magazine subscriptions or some of this stuff that, you know, anyways, but um, it feels like in the church with God's people, there's a real desire for revival and power. And just this like, of course there were angels in the meeting last night. Let's talk about it. It right. feels like a lot of the fear factor has been removed from the people of God. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and that's one of the things I love about you. You're, 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 a, you're a stinking revival guy. You know, like that's at the top of the priority uh, pyramid for you. And yet you're also a natural born mystic. You love the spirit realm and seeing those two things come together. So what do you think, what do you think is happening right now as these two streams are really coming together? And, and also just your desire to, to steward the spirit realm well and to see it manifest um, uh, in the nations and wherever you're ministering. I just want to see it cultivated and all the limits taken off of the supernatural and what, and what God is, is doing. And I think what we got to be more focused on what God wants to give us, um, than thinking that the enemy is going to deceive us. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Can I, can I share with you something that the Lord has been, been, um, challenging me with? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as far as like, revivalism mysticism um and and in the realm of visions Hmm. uh i i i for months you know during the thing we were locked in would go to pray and the lord began to speak to me um about you know there's so many people like in certain streams that talk about their their uh, journeys to to into heaven and the lord began to challenge me with that um he said he said he said son why is it that a generation ago there was there was 
generals that were not only taken to heaven, but they were also taken into hell. Wow. Wow. And shown, shown those uh, places. He said, why do you think that there's, so, there's less people that are speaking about that now? Wow, right. And the Lord began to challenge me about that because it's not uh, the mystical realm. And a lot, you'd hear mystics not just going into heaven, mm. but they would also get so caught up in the realm of the spirit that they, God, God would take them and show them, you know, hell. Wow. wow. And they would be so gripped with what they had seen that they couldn't stay silent, that they would begin to tell others about Jesus. Wow. Because they didn't want anybody to go there. I think that God is coming in this hour with such power and such glory and is going to grip this generation with a vision of his presence and how glorious it is. But at the same time, I believe God's going to show us what it is like to be separated from him so that those that we minister to, we wouldn't want to see any of them go there. Come on. That's right. You know, um, it, the reason I bring that up, Darren, is because in, in the mysticism uh, community, in the mystical community, there is a lot of self-focus instead of Christ-focused. Mm. There's a lot of my encounter in heaven and what I did there instead of God carrying us somewhere to show us something. Listen, I, I heard Lester Summerall talk about how he was taken to, to hell one time. God showed him hell. And he was so marked by the presence of God that all he, he didn't even want to preach, but he saw that. And it gripped him so heavily that he went around the world preaching the gospel wow. and followed um, Howard Carter around the world preaching in, in remote places in China, New Zealand, everywhere, all over the world preaching. Wow. And it was wow. through one visitation where God took him and showed him that. And he said, I don't want to ever have, I don't want to ever see a single person there. And he went around the world, and the guy shook the earth for Jesus. Wow. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I know that's a little heavy, but I, I, what, the reason I bring that up is because I, I, I challenge some people on, their, on, on what they're seeing. Yeah. Because if you're seeing all, all this, then there should be some impact. So at the end of the day, it's all about fruit for me. It's good. I'm telling you, man, it's all about fruit. And, and I, I just... Uh, our, 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 our encounters are going to lead to something. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about, like, you, um, like the people that we've had this week, right? Like uh, Richard Gordon. Super solid right? people. Like, who's a, a, a crazy off-the-chart mystic. Right. You know? And he would never call himself that, you know? But I, I call him that because he's not here. Um, <laughs> but 
it's that the fruit of it is crazy breakthrough technologies and equipping a next generation mm -hmm. to have glory encounters that bring breakthrough on the earth for the betterment of the humanity and the glory of God, you know? Yeah. So he's seen people get saved at Google, Facebook, Microsoft, just the, uh, uh, it's amazing. You know, I, he told me a story where he basically has an inroad at Microsoft uh, where they set up a huge office and they turn it into a ministry room and then people come in and out. This is just right here. People come in and out and just receive prophetic words. People go in and leave just weeping, just touched by the presence of the Lord. So, like, that's fruit, right? So and good. I think that, like, um, one of the cool things about, like, um, about uh, the modern-day mystics is that it's brought this revelation of how real heaven is. But I think where it goes too far is when we forget about how real earth is. Right. You know, uh, if, the, if, our, if the termination of all of these encounters is just through heavenly fruit, um, it, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of gauge that and, and, and rate that. And, and that's easy to kind of have fun with because of some of the, some of the stories that I've heard about, you know, things that people have created you know, in the out, other world. Yeah. And yet, um, sometimes people have a, a hard time just keeping a job on earth. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's where it's like, yeah. And that's been a theme that keeps coming up throughout this, this week is that like to the Lord, Fruit really matters. Right. Like when Jesus talks about branches that don't bear fruit. Right. Like it really, really matters. Oof. And so I think what you're saying is, 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 is so important. Like that this realm, it's, it's, it's for the fruitfulness of the earth. You and, know? And, and, this, and that realm is, is real. It's tangible. And um, did I tell you about that, that kid that... Um, he, they, the, he uh, came up with a code for Microsoft. I believe it was Microsoft. No, no, no. What happened? 17-year-old um, or f maybe 15. Maybe, I, I'm not as sure his age. Teenager. Um, they couldn't crack this code. They had everybody working on it. It was either... Um, I believe it was Microsoft. Mm -hmm. They couldn't crack this code or whatever, but they were offering a million dollars to someone that could, that could come up with the coding for this certain thing, this sequence that they were doing. And um, they had like all their top, top people on it. And this young kid went to the altar at his church and got smashed by the presence of God. And he rode into, um, he rode into to Microsoft, the, rode into the company yeah, yeah. with the code that he had seen in heaven while he was at the front in the altar. And they gave the kid a million dollars because he cracked it. Wow. Come on. And he had never been, he had never had any training in it or nothing. He got downloaded at the altar. So while he was shaking and trembling and getting whacked by the presence of God in a revival meeting, the Lord came and touched him and revealed a code that they had every top expert working on, but they could not crack it and gave it to him like that. It's amazing. And so that's why revival, in my opinion, and outpouring in the spirit of God is the most important thing. That's right. Because we can sit in a boardroom meeting and try to analyze things. Or, or we can just get 
hit by the power of God and transform nations. Come on, come on. Yeah, you were talking about the ark being led in, right? Like you're talking about the cart that they built last night. And uh, we were just studying that as a church just a week ago. And this place of um, Uzzah who, uh, touched, who touched the ark, you know, and God just struck him dead. And then David's like, yeah, okay, this thing isn't coming home with me. You know? right. And so he found Obed-Edom and he knocked on his door. I'm, I'm king, you're not. Um, God's moving in with you, right? <laughs> and so Obed-Edom was like, oh, okay. Like, because everybody knew about poor Uzzah, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, ashes. Yeah, yeah. He's still smoldering. <laughs> and Obed-Edom was like, oh, you know, uh, oh, honey, you know, <laughs> so God's moving in, you know, uh, you know, and just like, and then like the supernatural favor on their family uh, for, you know, uh, I, was, I was reading um, the, the, what the Jewish scholars say about what that blessing looked like. And Obed-Edom's wife and daughters who were literally going into labor twice a week for, for three months, you know, and sometimes four babies at a time, five babies, you know, just supernatural multiplication of, of children, right? And then word got back to David and he's like, let's bring God home, right? Like, like he, yeah. you know, he was, ready. and I was thinking about even 2016 when we were just, there was no plan. There, there was, <laughs> trust me, there was no whiteboards, <laughs> you know, that was, that, I was, I was so terrified going going through that it almost felt like that like God's moving in you know but the mm. but the supernatural favor and grace that came on us as a community mm. catapulted us into a trajectory of fruitfulness that our whole entire team can testify of just the fruitfulness that we saw as a community from just hosting the glory of God you know through that time mm. and I, I think of even the 90s I think of all just like fruitfulness in every in every way from just people's natural talents I mean I think about Dinah uh, our artist here who really started painting in 2016 in these meetings and how the and painting in the glory the Lord just took it and just his anointing his glory just made it fruitful wow. and now she's in I think about being a kid and being a musician and playing on the worship team and how my natural talents just went you know, and yeah. I think that if we knew how much it means to the Lord when we say, God, we don't want you to visit. You can move. Our house is your house. Yeah. How, how much that means to the Lord that his favor follows his presence. Mm. And stuff. Yeah, he's just looking for some, somewhere to rest. <laughs> Come on. Set up his, <laughs> set up his place. I was going to say, well, hey, days <laughs> of uh, Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Double rainbows, the prophetic word that you got while you were there in, um, in, in Florida. But mm. also some of the really interesting, I uh, bring it up because uh, you, you guys are talking about it a bit down, downstairs. But there's, there's stuff that's happening right now in the, in the culture um, that, that's taking us back to the days of Noah. Like we're seeing, we're seeing humanity go after stuff right now. Um, that we haven't seen since since the old the old testament as, right. as far as maybe even like a modern day tower of babel mm -hmm. and we see two sides we see like almost a redemptive side for humanity as far as lifelong longevity these different things but we also see a very um crazy side where uh very powerful influential people are are are, are accessing the spirit world through dmt and different things actually communicating with um uh, what they call aliens but uh different uh, architects in the spirit and these different kinds of things i mean it mm -hmm. feels like we're in a, 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 and this isn't like conspiracy, like this is stuff that's, that's pretty public. Right. 
that a lot of the church has no idea actually what's taking place. Um, and uh, there's a redemptive side that the Lord has shown you. There's also kind of a, a warning and a call to prayer. Mm. And so um, I thought maybe we could dive into that a little bit because I'm sure people have read some of your prophetic words and stuff, and they're just like, what? And they think that maybe you're just like diving into c conspiracy just because sometimes a lot of times in the church, you know, so, just the, the kinds of information that we get, we're only getting from mainstream news, such as like CNN or, um, mm -hmm. or Fox News or something mm -hmm. like that. But there's stuff that's happening right now that really is unprecedented, and, they're really, and we, we kind of need to be aware of it, and we kind of need to be really praying into it, right? Yeah, like genetic manipulations. Yeah. I mean, the Silicon Valley is known, is known now for like microdosing. Right, right, you right. You know, LSD... DMT, because they're all looking for um, a higher source of to get information. So they're they're recognizing that you know through you know psychedelic drugs they're able to tap into stuff that they weren't able to do before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like especially with microdosing, like um, LSD shrooms, yeah. it does something to their their mind that like opens them up to creativity. And a lot of people don't know that that's happening, but that's exactly what's going on right now. And that's why when I say that going into a boardroom mm -hmm. and you're going to take a, a mountain, you're saying, I'm going to go and take a mountain, you know, um, and I'm going to go and meet with these, these people and I'm going to, you know, give them some business strategies, um, isn't going to do a whole lot, to be honest with you. I know that's going to offend some 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 of Christian communities, but I'm just going to let you know that it doesn't. It's not going to do a whole lot. And the reason it's not going to do a whole lot is because they're just going to look at what your information is, and then they're they're because they're just looking for information, as opposed to looking for presence. So if you come in with the presence, there's going to be a total transformation. But see, what, what Christians have done is we say, we'll put Jesus over, over here, right? And he can come with me into the boardroom, but he can't possess me there. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when you think, yeah, uh, I, I heard a story recently where a CEO needed a name for his company. And so he did a microdose, but he actually did like a three-day retreat with a shaman mm -hmm. in order to take him into a deep hallucinogenic experience right. where he got the name for his company and then sustained the encounter with microdosing. And, and let me ask you this. Was the shaman, was he, was he, uh, was he ashamed of, of what he was doing? right. Right. Was he like, was he like, I'm only going to give you half DMT because I don't want to offend you? Right, right, right. And was, and was he, and was the, was the guy that went to have this experience with the shaman, was, was he offended by <laughs> right. the experience? Right, right, right. When Absolutely the little not. elves came out and he started talking with the aliens. He's not Was he like he's aliens? He's not kidding, you guys. He's no, not, not kidding. I'm not even joking. This is stuff is happening it's right funny, now. It's funny, but this and, is what's and, happening. And see, because we live in a religious box, and, and, and we don't want to address what's really happening, we think that our, our suit and tie or whatever, or our cool attitude going in there, like, we're going to present Jesus, and like this, Jesus is going to be this cool, like, 
guy, you know, dude, what's up? I'm just, you know, give you some good ideas and, and, and you know, I'm a Christian too. It, let me kind of counsel you or help you. We think that that's the approach. And see, it's the same approach that, we, that the seeker-sensitive movement mm. used in the 90s to try to build massive, massive churches. That's right, that's right, that's right. And we, and we, we see now that it, it, gets, it, gets, it goes nowhere. That's right. And that's my fear, is that at the end of the day, we, we, we have a pseudo-Pentecostalism, a pseudo-charismaticism, that we let Jesus come in a little bit into our services, and we think if we just let him come in a little bit, then right. we'll be able to build this massive thing because we don't want to offend anybody. We want our mayor to stand with us at our church and hand us the city key. And that same mayor is the one that shut down your church and doesn't even let you gather anymore. And, and then now we're trying to take that model, Darren, and bring it into where we're meeting with CEOs right. or Fortune 500 companies. And we're, we're not really wanting to present the real Jesus because we're afraid they're going to be offended. So you think that people are being inoculated right now with the, with the anointing, that people are actually like microdosing with the anointing, just, just enough anointing to where you're not embarrassing and you're not offended, just enough anointing, just enough Holy Spirit to kind of give you an edge. Yes. But not willing to fully go into the complete realm and surrender everything to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Of the presence of God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think that we got to um, get to the place to where we don't care anymore. And what's interesting, like exactly what you're saying is that these guys, they don't want a good idea from somebody within the company. They want an otherworldly idea from another dimension mm -hmm. because they believe that'll bring favor. And ironically, they're finding favor. It reminds me of like these uh, companies in, a, uh, uh, in Indonesia, like in Jakarta, where outside their businesses, they have gigantic demon statues um, that, that they believe are protecting their business and providing for their business in, yeah. various, in various ways. So they're looking for supernatural strategies they're looking for supernatural intel they're, that's what they want they don't want a good idea from a christian they want an otherworldly right, right. multi-dimensional encounter that will bring revelation for favor uh, isn't that awesome <laughs> <laughs> they're actually looking for a supernatural that's source right. right that's right that's right so like our friend sammy robinson right well, yeah, i was with yeah, him yeah. um in in Taiwan earlier this year, we were doing meetings, and a lot of these guys are like multi, multi millionaires. They have, you know, they come from all over Asia to be these gatherings, and um, and you know, Samuel will point at a guy and be like, "You see that guy right over there? He owns all the um, the cattle." for uh indonesia like he he he's the he owns a mat a, a meat packing company that's millions are coming in through this guy right here and he's just dressed like a normal guy just certain you know t-shirt and blue jeans and just sitting there and the purpose for them coming is so that they can get completely hammered by the presence of god because they know that if they get hammered by the presence, that they will, that God will speak to them, and their business will be touched. 
as a result. I remember this one guy during the, I mean, the glory was just so thick, man. They're so hungry there, they'll rip your clothes. When the presence breaks out, they'll, they'll go, they'll like That's literally awesome. just, you keep, like I was in one meeting where I was like on my knees and they dogpiled me where I couldn't move because they were just so hungry. And this one guy ran up to me. He's like a multi, multi-millionaire. He goes, lay your hands on my head. You know, and, he, and he's like, I do it now, do it now. Uh, and I, I, I was, <laughs> and you're, you're going, you go, why, why, why? Because I need idea for business. You lay hands, I get whacked, I get business idea. You know, there was a kid that was in, the, in that meeting and uh, he was like 14 years old, this tall. The fire of God came on this kid. He started screaming, like literally screaming and shaking like this. And, uh, and, and, and people started, he, he stood up and uh, people tried to go near him and, they, and, they, and he would touch them and they would just literally just start shaking, just ah, get like they were getting electrocuted. And these guys weren't, they're, they, you know, they're not like some hut village person. This guy's going, excuse me, he's going back to his business. He's going back to where he came from, you know, but he, he came to get the presence. It's in their culture because they've seen it work in the demonic. So they know if these demons that are not good and, and are, are, are actually cruel, it, but if you surrender your everything to these specific demons and offer offerings, that they'll help you. Right. So then they get converted into the kingdom, and they know that if this God is good and loving and wants to give good and perfect gifts to their children, they just take, they, they take their cultural kind of religious uh, perspective and merge it right over to the kingdom, and they believe that their, their good ideas are actually going to be God ideas. Yeah. I remember um, my dad was taken out into the jungles of Indonesia by a very, very wealthy uh, businessman, and they were going through this jungle, and they finally came up to this massive, massive like um, water tank, huge, huge water tank. Like, like in the middle of the jungle, my dad says, so funny, because you'd never expect to see something like this. You'd expect to see huts. And gets out there, and all of a sudden he realized that behind that tank are just tanks, these, all these tanks. My dad said, what, what do you got going on? And he said, um, we, we got these tanks filled with a specific kind of fish that sells for tons. Like these fish are just, they, the problem is um, th they aren't reproducing. Wow. So we brought you all the way out here so you would lay hands on each and every tank because we need for the fish to mate. Ever since we brought them out here, they won't reproduce. And so, uh, but if they reproduce, these things are going to make uh, millions and millions of dollars. So uh, that's what they did that afternoon. They went uh, laying hands on fish tanks, <laughs> massive tanks. Wow. And, um, and, and the glory of God came on those tanks, and those things immediately began reproducing. They had more fish than they knew what to do with. The next time that my dad came back, he got a, he got a pretty nice steak dinner. <laughs> You know, nice. it's pretty like he was invited into this guy's home with his family. He said, you know, Papa Daryl, you're not going to, uh, the fish are um, getting it on. You know, they're going right, for it. Right, you know? right, Come on. <laughs> and we need that kind of hunger. We need that kind of faith in, in America because God wants to bless 
businesses, but he doesn't want to do it through our logic. And like you, like you said, through our whiteboard kind of strategy, the Lord doesn't want it just for us to go in and, and you know, it, it's, uh, you know, he wants to dominate. Right. God wants to dominate, not through I, our I good think, ideas, but through his presence. I think that the misconception is that r- revival and, um, and business are two separate things. Okay. What do you mean? I mean that, you know, you have these group of crazy people. <laughs> yep. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then you have these people over here that we're going to reform. Okay. And we're 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 going to build business. Yeah. When when the reality is is that that what you think in in a it, it, like this American concept of that? Right, right. is not working. Right. And hasn't and it's going nowhere. And then you go to these other countries where revival is literally manifesting and the glory of God is invading these nations and you're seeing multi, multi millionaires coming up. For instance, you look at Nigeria. Ni- you know, Nigerians, some of the most wealthiest people on the planet right now, the largest churches are in Nigeria right now. David Oyedepo's church is is over a million people strong. And you know, a prayer meeting is 20 they'll do a 24-hour prayer meeting and pray in tongues for 24 hours. Heavy this going after the presence of Jesus. And there's multimillionaires that are in there and they're getting hit by the fire of God and they're taking their whole nation for Jesus. And, you know, and they're building businesses. David Oyedepo has eight jets. Don't tell me that revival does not produce wealth. It is hand in hand. And the Bible says in the book of um, Haggai that in these last days, God is going to shake the heavens and the earth because the silver and the gold belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. And the latter glory is going to be greater than the former. And so this, this concept of of trying to put a muzzle on the move of the spirit in order to become socially acceptable so that we can really re- reach culture is, is, is a demonic concept. Wow. I'm wow. just going to say it. When God never called us to do that, he called us to go after the move of God and revival and, the, and, and just be inoculated with the glory of heaven and see transformation. Nobody in, put this camera on me. This one, number two, right here. Is this on? You're on. Okay. No one in America that is doing the concept of reformation is even touching even the, a a little bit of what is happening with guys like David Oyedepo. You people that claim that they would that they that they're bringing reformation wouldn't even be allowed at the same table with him, mm. because the presence of Jesus is the centerpiece for everything that they do. The place the place has thirty four thousand people that live just on the campus. You, they have the number. They have the top in the top ten universities in the world. It's amazing. 
on, on his campus. Not the top 10 in Nigeria, no, the top 10 university in the world came through that place. You can, you can be born in their sanctuary, go all the way until you're almost 25 years old before you even ever have to leave the campus. Wow. Because everything's there. It's like a city. It's called Cana land. Wow. They have businesses there, right there on the property. 34,000 people live on, the, on there. Thousands of people employed. The number, like the top, the top university in the country and top 10 in the world just created. That's incredible. I mean, is that incredible or what? What are we going after? They have like I, I, their, their own police force. And I'm just glad that I'm not, I'm really not, a, I'm not an American. <laughs> right. I mean, right. I, I, right. I mean, I just, as far right. as it goes with, with, with church stuff, right. I'm just right. not, right. That's, I'm learning more and more that I, I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm just not. I've just seen too much. I've went to other places. I look at I look at places like Uganda, where idio means rain. You know, killing thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yet God raises up um, a revival in the midst of that. You look at Robert Kayanja, seventy-seven days of glory. The meetings go eight hours. You guys, eight hours. 77 days of glory. They've had five 77 days of glory. That means they went 70, 77 days and they were like, the glory was good, but now we go to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and that guy has a direct personal relationship with, with, with the president. That is awesome. The guy just met with uh, Netanyahu, who's brought over to Israel to talk with him. Wow. And, 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 and you, he gets in the room. Do you think he's going to be like, you know, not talk about Jesus? He's been in the glory for 77 days, three times over. Anyways. One of the things I've heard you, uh, that I've heard you say I thought was interesting is that... Um, that Reformation historically is more theological or more uh, about the Reformation of the church, right? Not the culture, but exactly. that as basically what I hear you saying, um, even in this session on this podcast, is that really if we just if we just seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, if we just seek His presence, all these other things get added get added unto us. Like these guys that are seeking after the presence of Jesus. That, that revival, that reformation happens, but it happens almost more accidentally. It's almost like the cause and effect. And that if we are seeking after reformation, we might end up with, with, with nothing. But if we seek first Jesus and his kingdom, his righteousness, his presence, right. we might just accidentally change the world. That's it. Well, the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. When we're in the Holy Ghost, wow. we're in the kingdom. Wow. When we're out of the Holy Ghost, then we cannot have righteousness, peace, and joy. Wow. 
The kingdom only comes through the, through the spirit. That's it, man. That's it. We're seeking after the spirit of God. Mm. We want to see the spirit of God come on this, on this nation because that's going to get more attention than anything else. You, um, you, you're, you're such a, you study revival history and, and you do it because it's enjoyable. Like it's almost like a hobby, right? Like you'll watch YouTube clips of, of AA, like you watch AA Allen on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like I might watch Netflix. Not mm -hmm. that I do. I don't support that, but, um, <laughs> we're just talking. So anyways, um, Bro, when it comes to like, when it what's what's one of the what's one of the one of God's generals that has lit you up more than anyone? Like, is is there a specific person that when you think about their ministry, like, where you're just like, God, I want that man. I want to, you know, is is there someone like that? For I think you? that there's different times, different people that I um, that I glean from. Mm -hmm. um, there is there's one that I've been enjoying recently that I just listened to over and over again, and that's um, Duncan Campbell's a reaccount of of the Hebrides revival. Oh wow! And I've listened to that audio. I mean, it's not a it's not a video. It's on YouTube, but it's an audio version of him t retelling the account of when he went to the Hebrides and met the blind woman that was like 86 years old and the other lady that had been praying for, for a move of God. And, and um, he had been on another island and they had gotten a letter from these ladies to have, to, to have him come and minister. And um, when he got to the island, the glory of heaven just broke out. I mean, where he was going to services at one, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, addressing crowds of four to 500 people. Wow. And you listen to it and there's a sound of revival come on, come on, in his come on, voice. Come on. And I said, God, I, I, that's what I've been, I've been by prayer. Like, yeah. I, Jesus. I said, God, is, is my voice have that sound? I mean, I think that it was recorded in the 1940s. But you can hear in his voice, there is a, a presence that's on his voice. And, I, and I, I've been saying to the Lord, God, let me capture that sound. Wow. Wow. <sighs> that that must be it. that sound that I was asking you about. Remember, remember when I said that when I was watching in Florida, I was like, "You have a new sound." Like I called it a frequency or a passion. I could couldn't place it, but I was like, "There's a new. You have a new sound in 2020 that's different from 2019 and 20, and that must be what it is. It's that sound of revival. There's a sound. There's a sound in that in that in and and we gotta get that sound. Amen." Amen. Amen. We gotta. We these guys wrestled with God. You know, they wrestled with Jesus. Oh, God, there's a sound, you guys. I've been pulling up some of the old stuff from Brownsville too. Oh, for real? 
Yeah, just the the um, the intercession. Like I was listening to. Right. Um, I found this clip. It was you know it's like I I posted like thirty minutes of it, but it's like two hours where the people are just at the front and and they're just worshiping the Lord. Wow. Lyndall Cooley's not out there playing. They haven't even started, but there's at least 300, 400 people just sitting there uh, and like standing, hands lifted, worshiping Jesus. There's people on the ground and you can hear these people, some of them just groaning, screaming in, as God is touching them. And, and, and I go, God, that's that sound. Where's that sound? That, that you listen to some of those old, you know, video clips of just where the glory breaks in with the joy so unspeakable. It's, it, and it, it's that sound. And you know when that sound is there, you know. I wonder if, if we went to Brownsville with our family and I, re, I remember that sound and the intensity of it. Just the atmosphere there was so different than Toronto or, or anywhere. And it, there was such a, a fiery intensity within their place of prayer that was linked to harvest. And I often wondered if that atmosphere was similar to perhaps the Welsh revival. When you read about the Welsh mm. revival, oftentimes it just sounds like a prayer meeting. You never really knew, like you just had people that'd be singing out in the, in the congregation and somebody would stand and read a scripture, but like it was like all prayer. And Evan Roberts, you know, pleading with the people to pray and pleading with the Lord, and when the prayer intensity wasn't where he felt like it needed to be, Evan Roberts would just get mad and, and leave the meeting and slam the door. Wow. It's, you know, like you read about those times, and Evan Roberts was like, God deserves this frequency of intercession, and it transformed the nation. Sometimes I wonder if, uh, if the Brownsville revival would have continued, if we would have, have actually, if, if, there, if there could have been something that that resembled the likes of the Welsh revival as mm. far as this level of transformation for our nation. Wow. I mean, I remember Rolling Stone went out there and did a feature. I, 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 I used to have it, so it might, might be somewhere in a box, but Steve Hill on the cover of Rolling Stone. Wow. It's crazy, right? It is. That guy went to Argentina, too. And he went to, um, he went to uh, England. You probably, I mean, you probably know that, but he, that's huh. where he caught it. Really? Yeah, because he had went to Argentina and worked with Carlos Andaconda and um, Claudius Frazen, and they, they would have churches that would go from five to 5,000, and uh, crazy miracles, incredible miracles. And they, you talk about, like, um, people's teeths be, teeth being healed, you know? Where yeah. He didn't say gold. But that's what was happening in the meetings. They were getting people that were getting gold teeth. Dental work was being done. It was one of the major highlights of the Argentine revival. After he got done with that, he, he heard about um, what was taking place in, in England. And he went there to this, um, I believe it was a, either Lutheran or Anglican church. And the power of God was breaking out. And um, he asked the guy to pray for him. And then that's, that, that's when he went to Brownsville and it broke out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It broke out. 
this is crazy, bro. I don't know if you're, this is true though. A lot of people are actually, and I can send you the article on this, um, but that people are actually having a lot of the gold fillings uh, uh, and metal taken out of their mouths um, because there are people with, that are making reports now. Um, they thought they were going crazy, but it turns out that people are actually picking up radio signals because of the uh, because of the gold in the in the metal in their in their mouth. Really, that is something. Yeah, and there's a and there's the science to kind of back it up. Like when you have all this, uh, and they said gold is an amazing conductor. Wow. So people thought they were going crazy because they were hearing voices and stuff, and then it turns out they were actually picking up ra radio signals, and their body was turning into a transmitter. That is and, wild. <laughs> is that wild? That was <laughs> really, that's really incredible. And of course, these people have nothing, they're just talking about from a dental perspective. Right. Not from like a supernatural, supernatural. kind of, you know. Oh. Everybody ready to hear voices? Lift your hands, you know. Okay, we'll turn you into a, into a superconductor. Come on. <laughs> into an antenna. <laughs> wow. Wow. What about, um, uh, what about like uh, some books that have really like shaped you in your ministry as far as just, I know that, they're, they're, that you really walk out your ministry in such an integrous way and there's areas where, um, where there's just no compromise and it's because of certain values and stuff that you've picked up mm. out of certain books. What are some of the books that have shaped you the most? Um, the very first book I read as a Christian was um, a book by Leonard Ravenhill. Mm. And it was called Why Revival Tarries. Wow. I read that book every year. Do you really? Yeah, every year. Um, That's, I, awesome. I, That's I, awesome. I like the That's aspect, I like some of the aspects that, uh, of, of Ravenhill's message. Yeah. Not all of it. Sure, you know? sure. Um, I think that there can be parts of it that you can get into striving. Sure. Um, but that book uh, shifted my, my, my whole life. I, that book has um, so many different things that have taken place in my life have been connected to that book. Like, I even met my wife through that book. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Because I was in, a, um, I was in getting my books at Bible school, and uh, this girl walks up to me and she says to me, she says, I heard that you went to Uganda, Africa. I've always wanted to go to Uganda, Africa. And I want to I wanna hear about it. And, and, and I said, well, I was like, you can't even talk to me until you read this book. And I handed her that <laughs> book, Why um, Revival Terries by Leonard Ravenhill. I said, you got to read this book and then you can come talk to me. That was brilliant. That's awesome. She still has that book. That's incredible. Yeah. Don't even talk to me. Don't talk to me until you read this book. <laughs> Poor Bryn. I know, right? But just up all night reading, just, just yeah. That book is awesome. It has. If quotes. I said that to Andrea, like you, you know, if I would have said that to Andrea, like don't even talk to me until you read this book. Yeah, she. Per I would have never saw her again. <laughs> uh, uh. It'd be the other way around. Andrea would be like, "Don't even talk to me until you read this." Andrea would be the one giving me the yeah, book. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a quote in that book by George Whitfield that shook my life, and it made me really go after the presence of God. And it, and it, and it, it's really, it was one of the shortest quotes. In, 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 like right at the beginning of each chapter, there's quotes by revivalists. And it was, whole days and weeks 
have I spent prostrate on the ground, either in vocal or silent prayer? <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, that shook me, man. I said, this guy, Whitfield, man, from the, from the awakening, he said, whole days and weeks have I spent prostrate in the ground in neither vocal or silent prayer. And we wonder why he never even needed a microphone when he preached. That's right. Wow. And he preached to 200,000 wow. people without a mic. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's not difficult. I don't think it's hard to get, to get God. I just don't think it is. Wow. I just think that it's, that it's whether we want him or not. I mean, man. I remember this one time, this uh, one of my dean for the school walk, because I've been going through all this stuff for like 20 years mm -hmm. of how, like, I've been, I've been re-examining re and looking over the, you know, the touch of God on my life. It's like going back and reviewing, wow. like looking at the testimonies of wow. what we, you know, and, 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 and saying, you know, do it again, God. I'm still hungry. Wow, come on. And I, I was thinking about this time that my, I, they told me that my dean came into, knocked on my, my room. And uh, they said, we, we came, there was about five guys that came into your room and tried to shake you because I was laying on the ground, gone, gone in the spirit, like gone, 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 gone. They opened the door and they, they saw me laying there and they like, he's, one guy said, they physically were shaking you and you weren't coming out of it. And um, I, th I, I thought about that, that, you know, those were times where I prayed until I couldn't move. <laughs> where you get so enamored in the presence. There's nobody there. It's just you and Jesus. And, and, and you just, you know, either put your headphones on or whatever. Everybody in prayer has to start at the same place. That's right. You know, it just depends where, where we end up. But what does it look like? What does it look like in two hours, three hours, five hours, seven hours, ten hours? And I know that everybody can't do that. I mean, we, I got three kids now. But it's like, what does it look like when you're just... I found you that way one time. I came into the, the... I was knocking, hitting the door. Charlie, come on. We were supposed to go out to eat. And, uh, and you, weren't, you weren't answering the door. I was pounding on the door. I finally opened the door. Charlie! You know, you weren't responding. Finally, I, I was like, I was like, I hope it's okay. But you know, I looked into the prophet's bedroom, <laughs> and um, and and you had the, you had this music going that was like um, a choir or something from like the '40s or something. It was like these hymns that were going on your on your on your phone, and you were and you were just gone. And I was like, Charlie, and then you were like, you came back. <laughs> I was like, Hey, and you're like, Hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> What's up? And I was like, we're, we're supposed to get some food. And we went, but I'll never, I'll never forget that. You know, I'll just never forget just like the, 
like what you were listening like that the this choir music like this mm. heavenly choir music from like the the 40 like back when recorders must have just been invented and like wow. you know and you were you were gone man wow i i love that that's <laughs> so awesome so, okay so what about um a book that has helped shape the prophetic that has helped establish your like your own kind of prophetic values hmm Probably uh, Rick Joyner's book on the prophetic. He had this, it's, the one I have is small, um, and it has an eagle on the front of it. You might have seen it. It's called The Prophetic Ministry. Okay, yeah, yeah, I have that. Or, um, so The Prophetic Ministry by Rick Joyner. Yeah, or, or there's another book that's also printed by Morningstar. See, I think all, all Rick's books have eagles on them. Yeah, it's, this one is standing in the counsel of the Lord. Okay, yes. It's very thin. It's like that. It's it's really small. I don't even know who the author's name is. Yeah, he was at a morning star too, though. That's an amazing. Super powerful. Super powerful. Or the Elijah Task. Okay. I thought that was a great book by Sanford. Okay. Where he talks about the intercession um, where God brought him in the council of heaven in, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And they and and they were going to. Um, they thought it was it was over, and God brought him into the council, and he counseled with God, um, so that the that the Cuban Missile Crisis wouldn't happen. Wow, that's a pretty powerful. That is, that's crazy. Pretty powerful book. Yeah, that's a, those are some good ones. Awesome. Those are some good. That'll ones. get you started, yeah. Awesome, awesome, man! I'm getting whacked. I know it's like it's, I'm sorry. This it started. Podcast is it started like, at the beginning. There was like ooh, just a lot of presence on the be Jesus on the beginning <laughs> on the book, book. Man, yeah, Jesus. Hmm. My goodness. Well, super excited about tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's last night be good. was just last night was just messy. That was just. It's gonna be good. This morning was. I think I'm just so focused right now on 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 that. You know what I mean? Like, and I love the prophetic stuff. Yeah. I love all all the prophetic words, but um, you know, a lot of the stuff that the Lord is giving me now, I'm not even releasing really? publicly. Wow. I'm really not. Yeah. I, I I'm documenting it more through um, emailing it to myself. Okay. So that it has a oh, timestamp yeah, on it. Sure. That's um, great. I just, I feel a transition in a lot of ways. Um, I think that with all due respect, God is, God is dealing with, the, with a lot of the prophetic movement right now. Okay. Um, and I think that um, obviously it's gonna be, it's gonna be amazing when, as we come out of it. But I, I, you know, I don't want to be limited to that. Sure, sure. To just a, just like giving a word or something, you know, because or, there's so, there's a gambit of words. into that performance. There's a, there's a gambit of words. Yeah. And, every, and you know, it's like, to, to be honest with you, it doesn't matter how many times you nail it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, there's always going to be, and, and you know, and you know, there's this like there's people that are prophesying stuff that's just not even it's not even prophecy. It's nothing. 
I'm just, I, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. It has no validity in, in, in God's house whatsoever, but yet people are, are, are listening to it, you know? Yeah, and it'd be probably because of, uh, there, there's, like, there's a, a, a familiar thing. Do you th- I'm making this as, as a statement, but I'll make it a question. Do you think that there can be a familiar spirit on a lot of things that are called prophecy? So it's not about what's being said, but it's about a frequency that's, um, that's resonating with the listener. For example, I could give you a word, and it doesn't matter what the specifics of the word, but because I'm partnering with a familiar spirit of fear, that I can give this word passionately and all of a sudden it can begin to resonate. So it's not about the specifics, it's about the spirit that, that's being partnered with and then you see these, the, the, the familiars that begin attaching and resonating mm-hmm. and, and some of that's being called prophetic. But that's Well, I think that again, fear I made, sells. A I made a statement, but that's more of a question. Do you think, do you think that could be right? Yeah, I do, and I think fear sells. It really does. And I think that, again, it goes back to um, the Western culture uh, thinking that numbers, likes, shares, and the and, and, and the overall gambit of things really matter, and it doesn't. That stuff doesn't matter. That affirmation and, and yeah, or the affirmation, the affirmation or, determines the legitimacy of. Yeah, and 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 for me, I just uh, you know I don't even I don't even read a lot of stuff like comments and things like that anymore yeah um because people there you're going to have those section of people that are always going to support you which is amazing i thank god for that but then you also have the people that are always going to be skeptical no matter what you say you know it's like i did an interview about the word that i had in 2017 about kamala harris kamala harris um and and i read this one comment where I said, uh, I said I saw a light-skinned black woman or so, like something like that. And they were like, well, or a dark-skinned black woman or something like that. And they were like, well, she's not dark-skinned, so there's no way that you could have seen that. And this, like, all this, and, and you go, yeah, but the Lord told me her name. Like, you see what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's just like, what, what I'm getting at, Darren, is this, is that um, with the prophetic, um, there's, you know, there's always going to be people that no matter what happens or no matter what you say, they're never, it's always never going to be good enough. So it's awesome. That's awesome. But I, I'm so, I'm so focused on the presence and the, seeing the glory of God come in this generation that even if the Lord doesn't give me another prophetic word that I can release publicly, I'm, I'm so good with it because I, I would cash all that in, trade all of that in for the presence of Jesus Amen. to be so thick that nobody wants to move. Amen. You know? You know, I, I just think, like, what would William Brandon have done if every word that he gave immediately was submitted for um, immediate judgment upon every uh, uh, here in the room? Like, right. everybody immediately gets to vote if it was from God or not, you know? Like, like the A.A. A. Allen, these, uh, Brandon, these guys, they didn't have that. And nowadays, um, what we do is we almost think in those terms because of social media. Uh, a prophet gives a word and everybody begins voting. 
It, you know, everybody vote on their little voting machine mm -hmm. whether or not this is where we've gotten. If you're really bold, then you don't only have to vote, but you can challenge the prophet right then and there. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've gone to school. It doesn't matter if you've ever given an accurate prophetic word in your life. Everybody gets a microphone. Everybody gets a stage. Everybody gets yeah. a tent. And, uh, and everybody gets to blast. Everybody gets to take shots at, uh, you know, you know, whoever, whoever they want. And I was just thinking, like, man, what would the, the old guys, like, there's a completely different, you know, a, a, a different culture. And yet that is, I think about, like, uh, 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 like my peeps on Facebook, they are, they are amazing. Like, my, the friends of, like, I don't even know a lot of these people on Facebook. Right. But it's like, if somebody picks on me, it's almost like there's, like, this tribe that's like, Rah! and at times yeah. I feel like apologizing to the people that were picking on me because my Facebook tribe is just like, no, you don't. But, bro, YouTube's different. You, I don't know if you found this, but, like, the YouTube people are a little bit different. Like, I get, like, crazy comments. Like, like there's a comment, like, we were at Sean Foyt's, like, worship thing, you know, and I gave um, my cell phone to our youth pastor who climbed up on this big, like, um, mountain thing by, and he bro he he live streamed the entire event like he live streamed the entire thing and and like one of the comments was like yeah the quality of this video is crap and I, you know like that was his comment and i was like bro this is this is an unedited this isn't like an mtv music video i'm not selling this this is like this is a free this was streamed i was just like I don't even, I don't even, you can't read the comments anymore. I, I feel the same way though. That's why I haven't, that's why on Facebook, I never got rid of my personal page. Oh, okay. Because, because I, you know, I didn't want to just have like a page page. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted my, like, you know, when, when, when I post something, that's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but I get it. Like people will come and 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 they'll and they'll say all kinds of crazy things. Well, I think kind of maybe what happened with you a little bit is that, um, and now we're like no longer podcasting. Now we're just having a conversation. You guys are here, so you know, good times. But like, I think what happened with you is that, like, I think your stuff got shared by so many different people in so many different streams that you had like tens of thousands of people liking you that really had no idea really who, who you I were. am. Yeah, or what you were about. So now you're saying stuff. And then you've got all these people that they're following you just because somebody else kind of vouched for you. Right. And then they're just like, yeah. you know, like, you know. I try to get, that's I could, why I could I'm be wrong, but so I'm like, a few things to just try to, um, you know, I need some room on my, <laughs> on, uh, to, to, to actually add some people. But I don't get, if you don't like someone, why are you following them? It's like Jesus says, hey, lady, come and follow me. Like, I really don't like you, and I'm going to criticize everything that you say, right. but okay. Can I ask you another question? <laughs> let, let me, since we're on this social media sure. thing, wow, this is a, the end of this. This is actually, the, now we're getting into the podcast. Um, do you really feel like the uh, live videos, right? The social media video stuff is any different than what Or Roberts did or Alan did when they were on television or Benny Hinn did in the 90s with his programs? I know because the reason I'm asking you this is because you, you, we have some people that are saying we're reaching tens of thousands on there, you know? Um, and, 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 and we're gonna revolutionize the world through social media. But my question is, is what, what's the difference? Do you see what I mean? Sure. Like, whereas like Alan or Roberts, all those guys were already on television reaching 
hundreds of thousands of people. The 90s, same thing. You always had Christian television. Those people were always watching it. Now you have social, social media. Um, people are watching those, those streams and things of that nature. You know, it never stopped people from going to the gatherings. In fact, it made people want to go to them even more. They, no, Alan's tent wasn't, fit, wasn't, wasn't like half filled because now people could watch him on television. No, it filled up even more because they were like, we want to get into the meetings. Yeah, you know, Jesus said before he ascended, go into all the world and make disciples of nations. And when you look at the heartbeat of, of Oral Roberts, for example, to, uh, to see media, to use media, that was the desire of his heart was that television and radio would be used to, to reach the masses in order to make disciples, in order to see converts, and to see them come into the meetings like, like you were saying. So it was never, they didn't have a, a way of tracking views mm -hmm. like we do now. Mm -hmm. So views in and of itself wasn't the win. Making disciples was the win. Right. Um, and so my concern is going through COVID and perhaps I've even done this, you know, going through COVID and, and all this stuff, and then looking at the finances and saying, well, look at what the finances are and saying that there, there's a fruitfulness in the church's finances. Thank you, Jesus. But that in and of itself can't be the win because that in and of itself was not the mandate to the church right. that you would be financially fruitful. In fact, when you look at the first century church, they weren't. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You know, so like I agree with you. I the other thing is that we can't use views as as the level for success. We have to get back to that. What defines the win is: Are we making disciples of nations? Are we seeing conversions? Are we seeing radical healings? And look, if one of the things that I loved about Benny Hinn, um, I think he's probably one of the first guys that like not, not maybe one of the first guys, but he involved his audience. So like, like, like less some of the stuff we do in 2016, right. it was like the 12th man was the camera, right? You know, it was like, we, we were always talk, we would talk more to the camera than we would talk to people in the room. Mm -hmm. And we saw healings in, in hospital rooms. We saw, we saw that lady up North um, watching in her bed and did a flip out of her bed, hit the floor laughing. The next night was in the meeting. Yeah. You know, we saw so many media miracles. But that drove her to come to the meeting because she got hit. She got in the meeting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I hear what you're saying. You're saying that media can't be the win. Like, it, it needs to bring us to that place where it, put, it should put a hunger in us to want to get there, to get that impartation. That's it. I think the other concern that I have is Because we can get lazy, right? The, the other concern that I have is that um, we would begin to think that the local assembly does not matter anymore and that the only thing that really matters is the online gathering. When, when God wants to birth a move of God in every city, in every region, all across the nations and in this nation in particular, in America, those little churches with 50 or 100 people People think that, oh, that don't matter. There's only 50 people in there. If they close down and don't have another service, that doesn't matter. Or if I pick them up on my online church now, you know, they, they're, they, that, they're, their little gathering didn't really matter. But actually, God, had, God put that local church there as a governmental figure in that region 
And by them gathering, there was a purpose in it. You know, we did, um, before the co, before the COVID, our, on our Sunday morning service might get up to six to 800 views. Um, and we would only stream one service. So about 800. And if it was really a great one, maybe 1,000. When the co hit, um, we saw up to, on average between 3,500, 4,000 views. Uh, per Sunday. And, um, and now this isn't a judgment, this is a fact. Because we would watch the views and our team would track it. The minute praise and worship would start, the views would drop down in half. And the reason why is because when you're watching something on a screen, you're watching it in the same way that you watch a movie. You're watching it in the same way that you watch anything that's going to entertain you. Mm -hmm. But when you're watching a Netflix movie and Arnold Schwarzenegger's running through the jungle, you're not running in your living room with him. That would be ridiculous. And for the most part, um, uh, we are seeing the praise and worship scene in our country suffer dramatically because people are tuning out or turning off or they're swiping up when there's praise and worship. So there is a disconnection right now because of, of, a, of that place of, of saying, we do not need to gather corporately. I can worship the Lord and stay in my jammies. But statistically, people are not worshiping the Lord and staying in their jammies. They're engaging with a local church like it's entertainment. And to the degree that we continue to do that, we will not see any sort of transformation take place within our culture or ourselves. I agree. I agree. Because, the, the, I mean, the, the, the Bible still says that we are to forsake the assembling together, you know? And you say, well, we're gathering online. But there's a, there's a connectivity that happens when we're face-to-face with one another. And, and there's... Um, there, there, can, there can be, it can be great to have an online church, um, but in, in some ways, there can be some dysfunction as well. For instance, if, you're, if, if you've been tremendously hurt by the church in some whatever uh, abuse or something that's happened within there, you say, I'm never going back to church, but I'm going to watch this person online but there's never really any real connection. You don't see that pastor. You That's don't right. see that person. Um, therefore, there's no, you're not really accountable to them in the sense of, you know, in, in, in growing in your spirituality, in dealing with issues. There's just something that happens. You know this because, you know, being a minister, you know that there's just a difference in when you are personally discipling, mentoring, or that person has come into your your you see them every week, then, then, then there's a difference there because you are seeing the issues that they're going through and that person um, is, is having in some ways to have to deal with those issues. Whereas if I'm oh, just watching online, you know what I mean? That's where I'm getting fed. I can live in my issues and never be challenged ever. Does that make sense? Absolutely. There's, you know, we did 12 weeks online and then I finally said to our board, I'd rather get arrested and go to jail than do one more week of this. So the, uh, and so the next week we were, um, meeting outside in a tent 
And, for, and um, it was crazy, bro, because like it was pouring down rain when Gwen was there, you remember this, we're there with our kids, shivering underneath this tent, worshiping the Lord. On one hand, the, the pleasure of God was all over it. Just the pleasure of God was all over it. It was one of the, it's one of the most important Sundays that I've ever pastored, being there with my family, being there with our church family, and being there with a, a bunch of visitors that I've never seen before. Word got out um, that, that, these guys are, that these guys are meeting. It was like, and it was so crazy being outside in the pouring rain and wind, just worshiping, worshiping Jesus. And the name, and the ironic part was it was done in the name of health. Because we've got a pretty big sanctuary with air conditioning and airflow and big elevated ceilings, and we could have had we could have done multiple services and been socially distant and everything. Mm. But instead, in the name of health, we were shivering our butts off with our little kids outside for you know for a period of time in the name of in the name of health that you would be healthy, <laughs> right? You know, and when I think about what Jesus said, don't neglect, you know, the gathering together. It's because he was looking down their timeline and he was seeing the destruction and the persecution that was going to come to the church. And we're so naive in our country as Christians, just mm-hmm. thinking that like, you know, that things are so great. So I don't really need community. We have no idea the trajectory of our country. Right. In the church in America, we think that community is a luxury when Jesus is saying, no, in the kingdom, community is a necessity. Necessity. Right. Like without true relationship where you're gathered, you're not going to make it. Like right. that's what Jesus was saying. He's like, the community isn't here just to make you feel good so that you can live your best life now. Right. Like right. if you're not in radical connection, you're not going to make it. You're not going right. to be a martyr. You're not going to give your life because you will lack the depth required in order to go all the way, all the way to the end. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and um, I know that this may sound like it could never happen. But again, I go back to what we were saying about being deplatformed. Right. People are thinking that these companies can't just wake up one day and say, you know what? We really don't want this form of religion on our platforms. And they, and they think that, that that will never happen because... Well, that would be discrimination. But it's a private company. So they don't really, they, they don't really care. And I could name you people that they didn't agree with their, they didn't believe in their political views or their religious views. And therefore, they were deplatformed off of those, off of all media, all social media. And you, and, and you'd say, well, that would be discrimination. Well, all they have to do is say that you're, you're doing hate speech. That's right. Yeah. So for instance, of course, I am in no way in agreement with Louis Farrakhan. Right. But you know that Louis Farrakhan has been deplatformed off of all social media. He is not allowed on any social media whatsoever. And the reason that he was deplatformed is because they considered what he said to be hate speech. Now... I'm, you know, we can look into the future 10 years down the, down the line and maybe it'll look a lot different. Maybe it'll be different platforms or whatever. But what is stopping someone from saying, you know what, your service can no longer be streamed on, on YouTube or Facebook 
Well, you can't do that because, you know, that's discrimination. No, we're a privately owned company. We can do whatever we want. You're not on here anymore. And so we built, we built that direction and instantly it's taken away. And because we, we thought this is the future and we stopped investing in that the local. Right. Because the enemy is coming after the local right now. That's right. You don't think he's not going to come after the other thing? Right. Trust me, he is. Right. Trust me, he's going to. And that's why it is important. And, and, and not everybody's going to do this. And you may not agree with me. And that's fine. I love you. But um, I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to stop gathering. I'm not going to stop traveling. I'm not going to do that um, for any reason. Because, you know, God wants to bring a move of the Spirit. And I think that sometimes, Darren, we look at even the larger scale of revival and what took place in Brownsville, Toronto, all these different places. And we think, well, that's what we need. We need another one of these. But in some senses, man, there's nothing wrong with extended meetings with revival where the presence of God is just hitting a region. You know, I mean, just exploding in, a, in, 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 that, in that local setting. I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for more and more people to go after it, you know. Don't you think that sometimes we overly we overthink what revival should look like, and we can judge it either way. We like, and and I and I've seen this where people are like, "No, this isn't revival because this looks too much like what happened last time," and so we and, and we make judgments based based off of what we see versus discerning what's taking place. Like if we use the same judgments that we that we use against revival against people's salvation, <laughs> like what is this? Is is it about faith? In the, un, in the unseen world of our Father? Or is it about the judgments that we're making based off of how many people are in a meeting or how many people got saved or how many people got, got healed? Right. And, 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 and will there come a time when there's a people that say, we're going to gather just to host the presence of the Lord. Whatever happens, happens. But we believe by faith that God is here and we're going to just go after revival. We're going to go after his presence. And whatever happens, happens. And we're not going to allow this, this like this, um, this dominant, subversive, religious spirit or this spirit of fear. Right. But in 2020, we're going to smack back. I mean, come on. Yeah. And I think that that's been part of the thing with this, with this week of awakening. Is I feel like, like this is part of, like for me and my leadership, this is like 2020 has been a weird year. And for, you know, for so many people, this year has totally sucked. For my kids that were ripped out of school, for my kids that won't be going back to school, we'll be homeschooling this next year. Right. Uh, every city event shut down. Fourth of July fireworks shut down. The church shut down. Right. Everything shut down. And I right. feel like th this was our week to be like, no, the kingdom of God is open for business and we're smacking back. Right. We're smacking back. We're back. God is in the house. Lives are being changed. So let's just do it. You know, and it's, it's that thing of like, man, if things really pop, you know, then we, we could keep going. Or we could say, hey, maybe nothing happens. We just keep going until something pops. Yeah. Right. And, and, and let me hit on something, <laughs> something political just for a moment. Just smack something in the political. Why do you think that they don't want the, the schools and the churches open? 
Why do you think that they've targeted schools and churches? I'll tell you why. Because that's where you vote. Churches and schools are the majority of the places that voting wow, is done. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, that's what's happening right now. And, and um, we got to take a stand. Yeah. So... Like I said, my circles are getting smaller <laughs> with the people that I really want to hang with. You know what I mean? Because I just want to do the wild stuff. When you realize that, that, that you look at the, what's happening right now and you go, man, like, it could, yeah. be, it could be, you know what I'm saying? It could be over. Like, if this is my last time preaching or my last time gathering, what do I want it to look like? Then there becomes an urgency in the spirit. Like if this is the last time we get to gather openly like this, you know, I mean, in Saudi Arabia, you'll see when we go like underground churches, man. I mean, literally underground in basements. Wow. You know, yeah. and, and you and, and, and those people are meeting out, out of fear and like fear is in the sense of like, you know, there there's there's this aspect that if they get caught that's it right you know we don't have that 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 here in the united states no, no. it and and so it, it gives us this thing where there can be a sense of posturing like well this is just another service instead of like wow. going after wow. it you wow. know like, like the chinese met, yeah in, wow. in the in the in 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 the wilderness or in the in the woods and they all are gathering out there. You've seen the videos where there's hundreds of them out there and they're just worshiping Jesus or the, Iran, the Iranians like meeting in, in these little areas, just praying and interceding. And then, you know, they go outside and get baptized in a, in, in, in a, in a tub of water and they come up and, and basically are screaming at the top of their lungs, by life or by death, I'm gonna serve Jesus. There's just a different, there's a different, uh, there's a different tenacity about that, you know, and, and, and I, you know, what if you, we came to start posturing ourselves in the West, like this might be the last time we get to gather. Wow. What, what do we wow. want to go? What does the serve, what, how do we want the service to look and where do we want it to go after? And yeah. I don't think it's going to be the, you know, the five points and, you know, uh, the three, three ways to a better life. I think it's going to be Holy Ghost, fire, power, come on, anointing. Come on, come on. You need this right now because if you don't get the, if you don't get a hold of this, you know, uh, your witness won't be as strong. I don't know. That's my thoughts though. And, and, and just, I feel like uh, if you're entitled to be lukewarm, wow. I'm entitled to be on fire. Wow. That's right. We don't have to agree with everything. <laughs> sure, sure, um, sure, sure. You know, and I just decided this too, Darren, you know, the reason I've been posting so many things, some different comments and viewpoints on my Facebook is because, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not sent to everybody, but I'm sent to somebody, you know, not, at, we're trying to get everybody to like us. Jesus wasn't even liked by everybody. That's true. I mean, seriously, some, some gee, they really called him like a him. devil. They, right. you know, they, they said, you're, you know, a drunkard, you're a, 
all, all kinds of things. And the people in his own uh, mountain. Mm hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it was they didn't his like own Jesus. Jesus. It was his own tribe. They only didn't like Jesus. But what I'm saying is that I, I just decided that I want to run with people that, that are just, just crazy, wild people, because I'm wild. Right. And, and I, I think I woke up to this because I thought, surely before, before this all happened, everybody, everybody is on the same page. I was going in and out of all different kinds of circles. This is going to get me in so much trouble. Mm. My goodness, mm. this podcast is going to just... I know, I'm glad I'm not you. I mean, I was going in so many different circles. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Uh, and I thought everybody... everybody As was, you're in a crucifixion pose Yes. Right <laughs> so everybody was on, this, uh, on the same page. But then I realized, man, not everybody is on the... Not everybody is on, on the same page as me, which is fine, but maybe those are just people that I, that I shouldn't run with. Not in a bad way, like you're doing your thing, but I, I just, I, I want to run with people because how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? Why yeah. are we going to accomplish anything if, if, you know? So I just feel like the Lord is kind of narrowing things for me come on yeah he's not he's the lord's not pivoting right like he's not saying that like now is no longer the time to raise the dead and to heal the sick and right. to cast out demons that was that was okay for back in the day but now i'm doing now i'm doing a new thing that doesn't involve any sort of manifestation of my presence right and and we keep doing a lot of pivoting in order to accomplish whatever the world or the religious system defines as the win, but it's like, bro, we've got to stay in our kingdom lane. Yeah. And if we don't know what that is, we've got to go back to the book of Acts right. because we are not given permission biblically to come up with our own mission statement. It's still the same. It's the great commission to go into all the world and to good news everything until it transfigures into the image and likeness of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Wow. Well, let's get back in our lane. Yeah. Signs, wonders, miracles, right. the harvest, right? Get the world ready for, for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff. Mm. You guys just spent two hours with Charlie Shamp. Come on now. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I hope you're fired up. <laughs> I know I'm fired up. I look at my mic. He's about to get slain in the spirit. Take it. Oh, <laughs> take it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> If you fall down, stay down. All right. Bro, thanks so much. My, my mic's not going. No. <laughs> it, no, your mic knows how to stand in the glory, bro. Come on. <laughs> man, this has been good. Thanks so much, bro, awesome, for man. making this time in your afternoon. Hopefully, you can get a little bit of rest before the 7 o'clock. Yeah, it's going to be good. That's going to be People so much are gonna, fun. Let's just go after it. Come on. If it's our last, it is like the last service. Let's worship like it's the last night of our I, lives. Man, how can you not worship with Steve Swanson? Oh my goodness. I mean, how can you not get caught up in the glory? I mean. We are so spoiled. We are just so spoiled. Super blessed. All right, let's get out of here. All right, man. Thanks. 
podcasts are definitely trending right now. There are so many brand new podcasts that are hitting the market. And I think that iTunes is kind of overwhelmed. And one of the ways that iTunes aggregates what's hip and relevant from the rest of the noise that's hitting the web is through ratings and reviews. A bunch of you have already taken the time to leave a rating and a review of this podcast. And I just wanted to say thanks. You guys are incredible and you're so supportive and I love you. And if you haven't had a chance to take that minute or two to leave a review, if you do that, that'd be incredible. And I've created a shortcut to get you there. It's thedarrenshow.com. That's thedarrenshow.com. You can give it one star and that means that you think it's kind of lame. Or you can give it five stars and that means that you think this thing be dope, be tight, be off the chain. So if you would take the minute or two to leave a review, that would be mighty fine of you. Again, it's thedarrenshow.com. Thanks guys.